This is a Career Channel program from UC San Diego Extension. Visit us at uctv.tv slash careers for videos, employment news, and trend articles to help recent college graduates and those in career transition bridge to better employment. Welcome. My name is Jennifer Davies, and I'm the Assistant Dean of External Affairs at UC San Diego Extension, and we're here for another episode of Career Talk, where we talk about careers. Um, I'm lucky to have with me a colleague, Juliet Dunlap, who is the director of UC San Diego Extension's legal programs, legal education. Yes. Uh, welcome, Julia. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, let's get started and talk a little bit about how you got into the law. Okay. Well, I got into the law by accident. Um, I went to UC Berkeley in the 80s, and in the 80s, early 80s, people were all going into business. And so I tried to be a business major and that didn't last very long. Now, so why was that? You just I just didn't like it. I went to an accounting class, and yeah, that would kill me. Yeah, too. <laughs> and so that was kind of so. I switched to be an an English major, English literature to be precise, which I really enjoyed, and I, I loved my college years. But then when I graduated with an English degree, it's like, okay, what am I going to do with this? And I didn't at the time. It's kind of ironic now because I am a teacher, but at the time I didn't want to be a teacher. So I thought, oh, well, I'll go to law school. And it ended up being a great decision, and that's how I entered the law. And um, I graduated from law school in 1993, and I've been an attorney ever since. And I just kind of happened into teaching again. So what kind of law did you practice, and and sort of why did you gravitate gravitate toward that? Well, again, you know, I I kind of feel some of my career has been happenstance, Um, I I ended up being a family law attorney for 10 years, and uh, now I do estate planning still on the side. I can do wills and trusts and that sort of thing. But I I gravitated towards family law because it was one opportunity where you could work independently. I could open my own office and and do my own work. I gravitated away from family law because it's a very stressful area of law. No. That's sort of when you're seeing people at their worst. I think we've yes. talked about that before. Yes, definitely. I, I, I've said this before, but I had a judge one time tell me that in family law, you see the best people at their worst, and in criminal law, you see the worst people at their best, because <laughs> he, he had been a family law judge and a criminal law judge. Right. Okay. So because of the stress of that, did you start looking around? Is that how you sort of gravitated to? Well, I, uh, I, actually, I actually was at a, a, um, some type of law library function at one point, and someone from another school came up to me and said, have you ever thought about teaching? And I thought, well, you know, many years ago, I thought about not teaching. But he said, we're always looking for lawyers who would like to teach in our paralegal program. And this was a, a paralegal program at a school in North County. And I said, well, you know, I'd be willing to, to try it out. And I found that I really enjoyed the teaching aspect of it. One th- one For one reason, I could teach in a way that law school doesn't. I mean, law school is all about hiding the ball and, and, and that sort of thing. And, and when you're teaching in a paralegal program, you're not trying to fool them. You're trying to tell them what the law is, how it's applied. And so... From that, I um, someone asked if I would teach a class at UCSD, and that's how I just started teaching here. And at the time, the person that was running the paralegal program was thinking about leaving, and they asked if I would be interested in doing that. All right, so happenstance, okay. Yeah. So talk a little bit about the, the legal um, programs that we provide here at UC San Diego Extension. Well, we've had our ABA-approved 
paralegal program, and ABA is the American Bar Association, and um, we might be talking about that in a little bit. But the the ABA-approved paralegal program has been around at UC San Diego since 1990. We also have an intellectual property certificate, which is about 10 to 12 years old. And recently, we've developed our e-discovery and litigation technology certificate. I know that's a very big deal. And mm-hmm. that's, talk a little bit about why you developed that and sort of what need that's responding to. Well, the law in the last five years has changed dramatically, or I, sh- or I should say the practice of the law has changed dramatically. Just like everything in, you know, our, in our world has changed with the advent of the Internet and computers, uh, the law was a little slow to catch up. But in the last five years, there's been a huge push towards electronic filing, meaning court documents filed online, in a 24-hour cycle, e-discovery, which is the, you know, the discovery process takes place in litigation and just the exchange of information. You know, it used to be you'd get 20 boxes show up at your office that you had to go through, and now it's just a little, you know, little stick with all this information. And and the ability of people to hide things electronically and the, the search for that. So there's definitely a, a, a need for people with those technology skills. So what does the course teach? I mean, you, you talk about sort of what it looks mm-hmm, like, but mm-hmm. sort of what are the skills and the, the tools? That you- it teaches the use of, of legal software, both in things like data encryption or to search documents for certain information. You know, when I reference those boxes, it used to be you'd have to go through papers you were looking for the smoking gun. Now you just have thousands and thousands of words that you are searching for. So the ability to search electronically is a big part to understand how um, – you know, things like metadata and how people can hide things or delete and be able to, to find how those things, you know, what they were. Because I know you've heard this before, you really can't delete anything anymore. Mm-hmm. It's out there somewhere. So those types of skills. We also It also includes a trial presentation aspect because, um, you know, now when, when jurors are, are in, in trials, they expect these elaborate demonstrations. And, it's not just the... Right. You can't just write on a board or have these little cars that you move along a magnet board. So the ability to present um, persuasive trial presentations is part of the, the e-discovery and litigation technology certificate. And that's critical now for paralegals, right, mm-hmm. to have these skills? Because you were saying if some attorneys, you're not going to teach right. these new skills, right. so you have to have the paralegals... Sort of right, definitely. And the the attorneys these days want to hire someone who knows how to do it because they don't want to learn. You know, they've they've done their learn. They don't want to have to learn a new system, but they know that they have the professional responsibility to know how the system works, or at least to employ people that knows how these new systems work. So they're definitely definitely looking for those skills when they hire someone. Heavy technology skills is really what what is the the major demand out there. And so how is the, I mean, that's one way that the paralegal field is changing, but how else is it changing and sort of what, you know, from when you started teaching Mm -hmm. um, at UC Mm -hmm. San Diego Extension to now sort of how has that evolved for paralegals? Well, it's almost a state by state difference. In, In California, we have one of the strongest requirements to be a paralegal. We actually have codified in the, the California code, what the educational requirements are to be a paralegal. You know, prior and this this has been around since two thousand and one. Prior to that, someone could just walk into an office and they could say you're a paralegal. Now you have to show that you've you've met requirements. Like at the top of the list is an ABA approved paralegal certificate, which is what we offer at UCSD. 
Um, so that's been the biggest change in addition to the technology skills is that you have to have specific education. It strengthened the profession because you know lawyers have to go through their three years. They have to pass the bar. They have continuing education requirements. Paralegals have similar um, continuing education requirements now. They have to be um, have a, a degree or a certain amount of educational credits. And whether they have an ABA-approved certificate or some other type of certificate, they can't just be made a paralegal. They have to become a paralegal. And how are the roles of paralegals in law firms changing as well? I mean, it, it, I think we've talked about this before, that there's more reliance on them as, mm-hmm. as well. Talk mm-hmm. a little about how that... Well, th- th- by strengthening the requirements to be a paralegal, it has earned paralegals more respect, more respect from the attorneys they work with, their, um, that they can have faith in the, the person that they, that they hire as a paralegal, that they'll have skills to do a lot of the same similar work that attorneys do. Ultimately, it's the attorney that's responsible. It's still, that's the, the way, even under the law, it's described. The attorney is ultimately responsible for anyone that works for him or her. But they expect the paralegals to be able to write a motion or to do legal analysis or to do legal research. They're not just, you know, for lack of a better word, glorified secretaries, although legal secretaries are, have, a, have a very good career also. But so it's just the expectations and the faith in what they can now do, and so, especially in California. And so if you were someone who was considering a paralegal field, what are the things that you would want to tell them? Sort of like, this is what the field's like. Mm-hmm. These, are the, these are the great things. These are the things sure. you need to be made aware of. Well, you have to, if, if you want to be in the legal field, and especially as a paralegal, you have to be detail-oriented. You have to be willing to work within strict deadlines because the, the legal field is all about deadlines and, and it's not and they're not um, like uh, soft deadlines. They're hard deadlines. And so you have to be detail-oriented. You have to be able to work within a calendaring system. Um, obviously, you know, computer skills are always, always big. But, but you have to know that it's not a, it's, it's not a laid-back profession. There's, there's areas of law that are more laid back than others, and even you know, law offices are changing to try to become laid back, but it's still about you represent a client and they're paying you and you have deadlines that you have to meet in those responsibilities. And so are there personnel, I mean, you're talking about detail-oriented and that sort of mm-hmm. thing, but is there, you know, if you're outgoing, it's a great profession for you, or if it's more of an introverted, or does it cr- cross lines, or is there certain personality types that you see are drawn it to this. It definitely crosses lines because in the law itself there's there's the you know the the litigation attorneys that are the trial attorneys that are always on and mm-hmm. and you know that's that's what they do and then there's transactional attorneys that work in contracts or intellectual property or something where they're not they don't have to be on. So it really works for all different personalities. I mean, I considered myself an introvert and you know although i can i can be extroverted when i have to be but it the law allowed me to kind of pick which way i wanted to to go i i could never see myself as a trial attorney because it you know it's hard enough being yelling you know, yeah right <laughs> so there's just that's that's a benefit of the legal field that there's so many different opportunities i mean when i graduated from law school if you'd asked me what i would be doing today it wouldn't necessarily be this but I really enjoy what I'm doing and the fact that I have a law degree and had been 
and you know, still am a lawyer, it's, it's opened a lot of doors for me. Well, you were saying something interesting that you alluded to where you said, unlike law school where they hide the ball, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. You like to sort of demystify the law. Sure. Talk a little bit about what that means, like what you see in law school and sort of what you strive for in, in terms of teaching paralegals. Great. Yeah. I, I love to talk about that. Um, so when I was in law school, I'll just, I'll just go back a little further. You know, I graduated from UC Berkeley. I thought I was pretty smart. When I went to law school, it was a whole different way of learning. They don't, it's not about saying, you know, this is, this is how it is and this is what we're going to talk about. It's, it's about concepts and, you know, talking about theory, but not really telling you like the black letter law. And many times it's conditional on who your professor is and what their viewpoint is. And so a lot of the learning that you do in law school is outside of class. You have to go and do horn books and read all it, everything on your own. Whereas I was used to going to class and, you know, with the expectations that I would have outside work, but that someone would teach me something. And I really, you know, didn't feel that way. So it was interesting when the first years that I was teaching, you know, I taught different classes. I would teach introduction to law. I would teach civil litigation, um, you know, estate planning, all different. And so many times I would have an aha moment when I was preparing for class where I'd say, oh, that's what they meant, you know, or that's what they were supposed to be talking about, whereas I didn't, I never knew. So I enjoy the aspect where I can say, this is what you need to know, and you, more importantly, you need to know how to apply it in a, in a real-life situation, because law school is not real life. Mm-hmm. Law school is about, my family thinks they taught me how to argue very well. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> that's a good skill yeah. to have. So it, within San Diego, um, we, you were talking about how there's all different types of law. Do you mm-hmm. see the what types of law firms or law is hiring more for paralegals or, or needs more paralegals? Do you see a trend in that at all? Well, it's it's the same trend it's been for for many years. Litigation has has the most opportunities, but in addition to that, and litigation can can cover so many different areas of law. That's why. So, you know, litigation is is any in any situation where someone has filed a complaint against someone else and it's entered the court system. So that's litigation, and which may end up in trial or may end up in settlement. Um, but in addition to that, intellectual property is really huge all over, but especially in San Diego with, you know, we, with our biotech companies, with the, the Qualcomm's, the, you know, the, the pharmaceutical, and just all different areas where the um, interest in patent law and understanding how a patent is, is, is received and how it's protected is, is very important. You know, there, and then there's always, you know, it, it ebbs and flows, but bankruptcy is a big area. So, <laughs> so um, we, we talked a little bit about uh, the soft skills, mm-hmm. but if, if there's, if someone, when someone comes to you and say, I, I want to be a paralegal, I mean, is there, other than getting obviously the certificate, what are the, what are the, what's the advice you give them, sort of how, how to judge if this is mm-hmm. the right path and, mm-hmm. and what to look for? Well, it kind of goes back to what I was, was saying before about the skills that you need. If, if someone thinks they want to be a paralegal just because it sounds fun, you know, I, I counsel them, do you, you realize it's, it is deadline driven? You do have to be detail oriented. So all those things that I, that I talked about. And I, and I say, you also, because sometimes people say, well, what's the, the hardest part about work in the law? And, and I say it jokingly, but maybe not, working with attorneys because mm-hmm. attorneys are very driven and, and they do have a lot of responsibility in regards to they're responsible for their client and they can get in trouble one way or the other if there's any problems with that. So, 
you have to know, you have to be able to have your own strong personality to put up with the strong personalities you're going to deal with. So I, I talk to them about those kind of things where, yes, obviously you need to find the best program and you need to do your research and see what the, the, you know, the, the job postings in your, in your world, what they're asking for. You know, are they requiring an ABA-approved certificate? Are they requiring a bachelor's degree? So different things like that. But so if you were giving advice like for trying it out or, you know, sort of mm-hmm. making inroads into that field, what are some, I mean, is it networking? Is it? Is sure. I mean, um, we work very closely with the San Diego Paralegal Association, which is a wonderful group for uh, paralegals in San Diego. And I, they have a student membership. And so they will, anyone, they don't even have to necessarily write, be, be in a program right then, but just kind of go talk to people that are doing the job. Find out what they think about it. What do they like about it? What do they not like about it? And so we said that it's already evolved with technology. Do you see other ways that the the legal field and paralegals are are changing in sort of like five to ten years from now? You know, well, there, there's always an issue about access to justice and about people being able to afford legal representation because it's very expensive. And in California has looked at it. States like Washington, other states in the United States have looked at something called a, um, what they call it, a triple LT. It's a litigation, a limited liability technician, which is available to people who are not attorneys, maybe paralegals, but have some type of legal background to allow in certain areas of law to allow them to represent clients in a limited basis, you know, help them fill out forms, help to help them file documents. In Washington, they have exclusive Washington State exclusively just for family law. So areas, that's one thing that's on the horizon. I mean, I'm currently president of the American Association for Paralegal Education. And so we're always looking at what the, you know, how the profession is changing or what the trends are. So that's one thing. The idea that there may be more opportunities to have non-attorney representation that paralegals may be able to fill that role. Okay. Um, and is there anything else where we're wrapping up here? Is there anything else people should know as they, as they think about the paralegal profession and sort of, you know, what they need to do to get prepared mm-hmm. or... or mm-hmm. I think uh, mainly just do your research. I mean, I, I teach legal research, so it's always about research. But I, I it is possible. I, my my career is an, is an example of that to just fall into something. But it's also best to to research the role and talk to paralegals. You know, they're welcome to make an appointment and come talk to me. I, I love to, especially um, students that are interested in law school. I think a paralegal program is a great preparation for that too. So you know the tricks before you right. go. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it makes sense more. So yeah, talk to someone who's in the profession that you want to work in. Okay. Well, great. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. It was a great conversation. Thank you, Jennifer. Okay.